0: you got your Bibles tonight, I'd like to invite you to the book of Luke, Gospel of Luke, chapter number 10. I want to thank Pastor for allowing me to preach one more time back at home. And i uh, sure excited about tonight's message. It ain't, definitely ain't about me, but it's, uh, God's Word is it's always alive, isn't it? It's a living Word. And uh, if you can find your place there, Luke, chapter number 10. We'll start reading in verse number 25. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him Took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and paid them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said unto him, Excuse me, and he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Now there's, uh, I mean, if you've been in church very long at all, you've you've heard this taught in Sunday school, preached many times, Lord just kind of gave it fresh to me, and uh, the other day, uh, our family didn't get to be here for the reveal of our theme for the year, we were in South Carolina, and it got moved, we were here, and then the the date got moved, and so uh, we looked it up and and found out what it was, and uh, having compassion making a difference, but I'm telling you, I love that theme, and uh, because because if, if there's anything we need to do, I want to I make a difference with my life. I just don't want to live and then die and nothing change. I want my life to mean something. And uh, collectively, as a church, I, I believe our church wants that. And so uh, as we look at the text here, I'm kind of I'm uh, wanting to dial in on starting in verse number 33. It says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And we'll preach on this thought tonight just for a couple minutes, putting compassion into action. Uh, It's one thing just to watch and look at somebody who's in pain, needs help. There's another thing to do something about it. And uh, true compassion, real compassion is not just looking at someone and having pity on their situation. It's doing something about it. And uh, for the next couple minutes, it won't be long tonight, but putting compassion into action, we'll preach on that. Let's pray if we would. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you're so good to us. Lord, each and every one of us that's saved here tonight can remember the day when we've been stripped of everything in life, and you came by us and picked us up and tended to our wounds and still taking care of us even today, and one day you are coming back. Lord, we're just thankful for that, and Lord, I pray tonight that we just get a fresh glimpse of your example. And what you were teaching so many times through the scriptures about compassion, help us, Lord, to put into practice what we say we believe. And Lord, we'll, uh, we'll give you the credit and the honor and the glory for it. I ask this in Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Well, in this passage, it's, it's uh, pretty self-explanatory. Most of you know the passage here, but as Jesus has been uh, teaching his disciples, uh, he had, in the first part of chapter 10, he sends out the 70. There's 70 different uh, people he sends out, and, they, uh, and as they return, in verse 17 says, "...and the 70 returned again with joy, saying, "'Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name.'" And 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 there's some dialogue through this, but you get down to uh, verse number 25, and this has happened over and over and over that we know of in Scripture, and I'm sure it happened even more than than, than was even recorded how someone tried to trap our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ—a Pharisee, a Sadducee, a lawyer. Uh, there were different uh, uh, different areas and different people that were always trying to trap him with his words, and and, uh, and <laughs> that would have been comical to be there. To hear it today. Even for a finite mind, uh, a person who's just a human, the one that was actually uh, created them—they're trying to trap him, and and now this lawyer has a has a, in his mind—he's going to trap. Uh, Jesus, and he's going to tempt him. And he asked the, 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 the question, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And of course, uh, we, we know the scriptures here. Jesus says in verse 26, What is written in the law? How readest thou? He said, You answer me. I mean, you're a lawyer. You should know the law. You should know all, all the. Uh, <clears throat> it looks like you've been, uh, you've been learned in the scriptures. And so uh, he gives the right answer. I mean, he gives, he gives a good answer that God didn't... God, in fact, Jesus Christ says in verse 28 uh, he, to his answer, he says, thou hast answered right, this do and thou shalt live. And, uh, and, but he doesn't stop there. He, he wants to justify his own actions knowing that he isn't fulfilling, uh, I believe. I believe he's trying to justify himself for... And, and even the Bible says it in verse number 29, he justified himself, said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? and uh, probably wasn't uh, responding correctly to, to, the, to the law as far as uh, fulfilling, uh, trying to help his neighbor. And I, believe, I, I personally believe the man knew uh, the answer to the question. But Jesus now, in verses 30 through 36, he goes on to tell about a story that's very familiar to most of us. As Jesus says in verse number 30, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Uh, we got to, back in 2019, a couple, three years ago, got to go to Jerusalem and uh, actually came from, I believe, I believe we, we left Jericho area and, and came to Jerusalem, but uh, uh, as, as this man is traveling along, Jesus is telling the story. He says uh, that this man is traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves there's a, a band of robbers somewhere along the way that was waiting for him. They, they, uh, they, uh, they take him down. They, uh, they beat him up. They strip him of everything, of, of his raiment. They, they, so much that he's wounded, and the Bible says, they departed, leaving him half dead. Uh, can I just tell you, and we know the picture of this. This is a picture of what the world and sin will do to your life, no doubt about it. As, uh, as we give ourselves... Uh, to ourself and to this world, and, and we don't do things uh, God's way, it, it will strip you of everything that's good. It'll take everything good from you. And many of us, uh, and we know this because before you got saved, whether you were raised in church or not, that's what happened to you. I mean, and it was just going to get worse and worse until one day we would die in our sin and go to a devil's hell. But I'm thankful for someone who came by, amen? Uh, but, but, but Jesus, as he's telling the story, he, he, he's, uh, he's, he's describing the story. I wonder what the lawyer's thinking. The lawyer's thinking about, okay, the man's gotten beat up. He's laying on the side of the road. Then Jesus says in verse 31, And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. <clears throat> and likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by, on the other side. And that's what religion does. Religion, all it does is sees a situation but cannot fix the situation, has no answer for it. And, uh, and I'm not trying to uh, sound crude or mean, but that is what, and I say religion. You know what I'm saying. I'm talking about the philosophy of the world and and what they think uh, how God ought to be and, and things how to, to how things ought to be handled from a world's perspective. Uh, but a- as I look at this, I, I don't want to major on these two men. You've heard of, I've been taught in Sunday school, and and uh, Brother Elms taught me through the years. And I, I remember Brother Bailey and and uh, and, and so many others. I've heard the story, and, and I I know that these two men uh, just walked by, right? I mean, we got that tonight. They just walked by on the other side of the road. They seen the situation. Uh, they seen that the man had been beaten to the ed- pretty much the edge of his life. The Bible says he's half dead. And as they walked by, they should have done something about it, but they didn't. They should have. I mean, come on. They're, they're supposed to be the ones that are going to help. I mean, they're the ones that, that when people look at a religious crowd, I don't care who, uh, what, under what name you are, if you call yourself a Christian, people of this world are looking at us uh, and they're saying this. Uh, it, when they walk by someone, are they doing something about it? This religious crowd walks by, does nothing about it at all, and uh, you get to verse 33, though, there's something a little bit different that happens. We read the verse, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Now, all three cast their eyes and seeing the situation. <clears throat> all three of them did. This is what I believe. If you read the verses in verse 31 and 32, verse 31 says that this priest, when he saw him, uh, it says that, he, uh, and by chance there came down a certain priest that way. Okay, so the priest passes by that way. He's in the, the general vicinity, but he's not, he's not close enough to see, I believe, really how bad this man was. You get to uh, verse number 32, the Levite, when he was at the place... Well, he's in the area. He's at that place. But I believe he's at a far distance. He distanced, he, he put himself between a, a lot of space between him and this man. And he didn't get close enough. What made the difference and what was different about the Samaritan, if you look at it, verse number 33, it says, He came where he was. I believe that's, he's right on top of him. Say, <clears throat> so what's the difference? The difference is this. That as a Christian, too many times, I'm preaching to me tonight more than any of you. I'm just telling you, I I have have to be very careful. I have a problem. I I always have my guard up, right? I believe we ought to have our guards up. I'm not saying that as a husband of of my family. And as we travel, we're going down the road and and, uh, we see different scenarios, different, different situations all the time. I've always got my radar up to defend my family. I believe I should, amen? There's nothing wrong with that at all. But there are times that I need to to ask the Lord, Lord, in this specific situation, could I be of help to this person? And there's been times we've been able to do that. uh, But as this Samaritan comes by, he doesn't just keep a long distance. He's not just in the general vicinity. The Bible says he goes to where the man is. He meets him right where he is. That's a a personal thing there. He's going to get personal with him. I like that, and it says it goes on to say. And when he saw him, just like the other the other two did, there's something different about him. Is he has compassion? It does. It's not recorded that the Levite and the priest had compassion. I personally believe when we get, and I I got to, you, you know we're our church is mature enough to know this. <clears throat> we have lines that we draw, right? We have boundaries. We have We have guidelines, all of that. We're not preaching that tonight. I am preaching this, that we need to, when we see someone in need, we need to be willing to get a little dirty to help them. I'm not talking about bringing on sin and filth of the world, but I am saying this, that it, it, it takes some getting dirty sometimes, get down in the trenches to help people who's, who's, uh, who, whose backs are broken, whose lives are stripped of everything. Uh, and you're going to have to put yourself out a little bit sometimes to help somebody. And, and, I, and I know Christians, and, I, and there's been times in my own life where you, you reach out and you try to help and you get hurt, Right? something happens, you get stabbed in the back, or and, and then you kind of back and withdraw. And I don't know if that's what the description here, maybe this priest and Levite, something's happened in their past, but I do know this, the Samaritan was willing to go where the man was, and when he did that, when he got close enough, he has compassion. And this year, if we're going to have a have compassion, and making really going to make a difference in St. Joseph, Missouri, and throughout the world, uh, we're not going to be able to do the same thing we've always done. And I'm not saying that our church doesn't reach out. I mean, I, we have the best church there is. I'm telling you right now, well, we travel the whole country, and, and uh, I love my church. There's no church like Riverside Baptist Church. I love this church. Why? Because it's a giving church. It's a, it's a church that will bend over backwards to do things. I, I've had testimony after testimony of different churches I've gone to where people have visited here and were just surprised how much involvement our church has when things happen, right? And that's a good thing. I, I'm, I'm thankful for it. But to move forward and have com- real compassion, you got to get closer, we can't we can't do this where we got to we got to keep a real far distance to help someone. You can't help them. There's no way. There has to be some some time where we get close enough to say, "Okay, I'm ready to get my hands a little dirty. <clears throat> I'm ready to get involved in their life, even to the extent of I might get hurt a little bit, but I want to help them." And I, again tonight, if you're if you you know me, you know our church. I'm not preaching getting getting in diving in the ditches of sin and wallowing in the muck and mire of this world to try to win somebody over. We're not talking about that tonight. But you will get dirty in the sense of uh, there's some things you're going to have to do to help somebody sometimes that you didn't want to do. <clears throat> that's that's a fact. So as this, as we look at this uh, tonight, you, you say, okay, Brother Jim, I see the compassion that this man has. Well, what's, the, what's compassion look like? Well, the, the title of the message is putting compassion into action. This Samaritan didn't just look on him like most religious people do, and even like, unashamedly, even myself sometimes, when I walk by a situation, knowing I, that God could use me to help someone, and I just walk on. It's a shame to me. I, I hate it to think about the scenarios and the times in the past where God said, stop, give them a track, witness to them, give them maybe give them a little food, give them some money, do, try to help them out a little bit. I'm not talking about, you know what I'm saying tonight. I'm just saying there's times that God's told me to do that and I didn't do it. And shame on Jim Wolfram for doing that. Uh, I want to be like this Samaritan that I'm get that i close enough and that I have a heart enough for someone that I want to show compassion. And, and, and can I tell you... Compassion is, true compassion always, is always followed by action. Look at the life of Jesus Christ. Every scenario, you can look it up in your Bible, it talks about compassion in God's Word. <clears throat> Jesus has compassion and he does something about it. He does something to help someone. It's not just a ooey-gooey feeling inside, oh, I wish I could, but it, I don't know if I want to get that close. No, Jesus was willing to do that. <clears throat> Say, so what are you talking about? Well, Psalm chapter 78 verse 38 says, But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and, dis- and destroyed them not. Talking about the children of Israel. Yea, many, times, or many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. Ma- Matthew chapter 14 verse 14 says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. Well, it didn't stop there. The rest of the verse says, And he healed their sick. He was willing to take some action. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 and 41, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, 'If If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. Amen. So I mean, there's there's passage after passage. You know the story, Luke chapter 15, and we won't go there. You don't have to go there. But uh, the story of the, uh, uh, of, the uh, of the of the of the the wayward son, right? And, and as the the wayward son goes away and leaves his father, the father the father didn't go to the muck and mire and, and drag him out of that, did he? No. But when he when that son was willing to come back, he had compassion, and he did something. He did something about it he didn't just leave him in the state he was in he brought him back and helped him along the way and for us as a church to continue to move forward we're going to have to have that compassion but what's that look like okay what's it look like brother jim you're talking about doing something more than just having a feeling to help people right i am well the bible shows us right here i believe we can see a few things if you would look at verse 33 again Uh, Let me let me give you three things real quick, and we'll go to the house. But to show compassion, we must be willing to first meet them where they are. You got to meet them where they're at. If the Samaritan walks by on the other side of the road and he looks at the man who's half dead, his wounds are—he's probably going to die of his wounds—and he says, "I need you to come over here before I can help you." He wouldn't have made it. He wouldn't have made it. God didn't ask you and me to clean our life up and then come to Him. He met us where we were at, right there. With, with the intent of this, though, right? Is that we, would, that we would submit to the authority of Him and say, Lord, I'm wrong, you're right. And as we submitted to God, God started changing our life. Hey, I'm not preaching tonight that we fix people. I'm saying we point everybody to Him. And as we, as we are used as God's vessel to help and to show compassion on someone, tonight we, we first have to get this. We've got to meet them where they are. Uh, Luke chapter 14, uh, verse number 22 and 23 says this, And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go thou into the highways and hedges and compel them... To come in, that my house might be full, may be full. John chapter four, verse thirty-five says, "Say not ye that there are four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are already, or white already, to harvest." What what are you reading those verses? I'm just saying this. We're supposed to go. Bible doesn't say, "Hey, we're not." I don't mean this in a mean way. We're not Calvinists. I'm not anyway. I'm not saying that to be mean. I, uh, there are there are many that I've met out there that will not door knock, will not tell anybody because they believe that God's already got a certain amount of people going to heaven. Why why even go out? The Bible doesn't teach that. Amen. Uh, the Bible doesn't teach that at all. In fact, the Great Commission says to go. And so as God gave the church and you and I the great commission to go, we got to go and meet them where they're at. we got to go out and find them. These verses I just read, the, the fields are wide to harvest. There's people in this city that are waiting for Jim Wolfram to come up and give them a track and say, hey, I want to to invite you to church. I don't know where their life's at. Their life could be totally upside down. Uh, Just at the prison last uh, Saturday, got to preach there, be with Dad again. And and, and you go in there, and there's about 54 men in there whose lives are upside down. And what am I doing? Well, I'm, I'm trying to obey the Lord, but I'm trying to meet them where they're at. They can't get out of prison and come to church. Somebody's got to go try to be a blessing, try to teach them the Word of God. And that's, that's why I'm saying tonight is that you and I are not going to fix them, but we got the answer, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we got to bring that answer to them. And showing compassion means first we're going to have to meet them where they are. No one is looking for God without the Lord wooing them to himself. <clears throat> you know the verse, Romans chapter 3, verse 11 there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. When you and I were, when it, when you and I were convicted and, and, and realized that we needed God, that was he was already putting things into motion to get us to look to him. Because by nature, we will not want anything to do with God. We were going our own way in our sin. But yet God came after you and I. I'm so thankful. The picture we see here of this Samaritan, what a wonderful person this Samaritan was in the story. Can I tell you how wonderful God was for you and me to come and meet us where we're at? And I just want to encourage you tonight that number one, if we're going to have compassion and we're going to reach St. Joseph uh, America, uh, we're going to have to first meet people where they're at. But number two tonight... To show compassion, we got to be willing to not only meet people where they are, but mend their wounds with the Word of God. We got to mend their wounds. Now, I understand this is—it's the Word of God that does it, but you and I are the carriers to give them the medicine. This is like a spiritual hospital. I'm telling you, when people come in here busted up and broken lives, and just like you and I, and, and uh, we're no better than anybody else, but God mended and, and, and dre- addressed our wounds and ha- had the world stripped us of everything. And just like the picture is here, the, uh, Jesus is telling the story. He says, and the Samaritan, he, he saw him, he went to where he was at, but in verse 34 it says, "...and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine." Uh, that was uh, Those those two things there will help with a wound, right? They're, they're healing agents. And, and can I tell you, the Word of God, we got the healing agent for people's lives right here. I'm telling you, this is the answer to all the problems in the world. It really is. And, and I know we hear that and we, we might say it every now and then, but it's just good for me to rem- to remind myself that if I'm going to have compassion, I not only need to meet people where they're at and, and go after them and try to help someone along the way, But I got to remember that uh, my job is to uh, share the gospel with them. I'm to give them God's word. That's why we need to study to show show ourselves approved. We need to know how to give an answer to someone who's in need of help. That's that's like putting the oil and the wine on a wound that they have. Jesus is the one, He's the answer to their problems. And I understand this that you and I, in and of ourselves, are nothing. We have no answers in and of ourselves. But boy, when we take the Word of God, we can help, help the wounds of this lost world. God can do things that we never dreamed of. Luke chapter 17, verse number 14 says, And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. That's the story in Luke 17 of the ten lepers, that uh, when Jesus passed by, just by his words alone, just by his words, they were healed. There's so much power in the Word of God, and we don't use it enough. I don't use it enough. When I, I, just need a, I need to be more bold in, in, in giving the answer, the answer of God's word to people. I, I got so much help here for them if I just give them the, the, the word of God to mend their wounds with the word of God. Psalm chapter 107, listen to these verses here. If you would, actually grab your Bibles and turn there. Psalm chapter 107 and verse 19. I want to read you a couple verses here. Talking about mending their wounds with the Word of God. <clears throat> Psalm 107, verse 19 through 21. Let me get there. Bible says, And then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. That's that's an important verse there. His words, his word healed them. And And I just want to encourage us tonight... As we look forward and we're pushing forward this year to, to, to see more people saved and, and join the church as far as being uh, a member of the church and wanting to, uh, to, to, uh, to help them along the way to grow in the Lord, uh, what we're going to have to first to have that true compassion that Jesus had. We're going to have to meet them where they're at. Secondly, we're going to have to mend, uh, mend their wounds with the Word of God. That's, the Word of God is going to be what's going to change their lives. Can I tell you God's Word still changing lives today? <clears throat> oh, Yeah. I was reading in 2 Corinthians in my Bible reading this morning. In the verse, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Lord reminded me, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Jim Wolfram's not supposed to be the same as he used to be. He's actually a different creature. Why? Because God's word changed my life 20, 22 years ago, and he's still changing me. Just like he's doing to you, as we yield to him, he continues to address the wounds that we still have in our life. I'm so thankful for that. But tonight, looking at these things here, to show the compassion, to move forward as, our, as uh, Riverside Baptist Church wants to move forward, having that compassion, if we're truly going to make a difference, it's going to be first, number one, meeting people where they are. Number two, mending the wounds with the Word of God, giving them the Word of God, that they might uh, actually have some healing in their life. But number three tonight, and finally, uh, if we're going if we're, if we're to continue to have compassion, we must be willing to thirdly make some sacrifices. It's going to take sacrifice for us to do this. Um, you say, what are you talking about? Well, if you look, look at verse number 34 again, it says, and he, went, and he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. So the story goes that the Samaritan not only uh, is meeting this man where he's at, he's not only tending to his wounds, but he's also making some sacrifices. So say, what are you talking about? Well, this man was willing to sacrifice his time. He might have been a busy guy on the road. I don't know. Maybe he was a doctor. I don't know. He had oil and wine with him. That was uh, many, many times that was used in Bible times to address wounds and things. I don't know exactly, but uh, it says here that, I mean, obviously, he sacrificed his time. He sacrificed his supplies, the things that he had that God had given to him. He sacrificed his money. Nobody likes to talk about money. It takes money to, to run this thing, right? I mean, it's just, it's just the, that's just the facts. And so uh, what, what do I have to do? Well, I've got to be willing to say, okay, Lord, you want me to give this much to uh, not only our, our missions and our, my tithe and to the building, uh, you know, fund and all of those things, but this move, moving forward offering, I, I need to be thinking about, I've already prayed tonight, Lord, what can we do with that? I mean, what can I, what can I be a part of this? And it's going to take some, some giving of not only my time, my supplies, my money, but he, then he even gives up his ride. He gave up his ride. I'm not saying, well, you have to give away your car, but it says here that he walks and he puts that man on his beast. I don't know how far the end was but he sacrificed his own ride. I'm just saying this tonight, if we're going to have compassion, like God wants us to have compassion, so that the end result is we make a difference, right? That's the end result. Uh, It's that our lives would amount to something to make a difference, and then uh, maybe even a week from now, maybe a year from now, we got people sitting beside us that because... We were willing to meet them where they're at. We were willing to give them the word of God. We were willing to make some sacrifices along the way to say, you know what? I want to invest in you. You're not just a throwaway. God's got a plan for your life just like he did mine. We can see some people sitting beside us and think, my goodness, Lord used me to make a difference in their life. And it's not anything with us. We know this, that anything good happens is from God. It's because of him, it's not because of us. I'm just saying this tonight, it's going to take some sacrifices. That's something about, I will say, no doubt about it, our church, uh, we got a good church. There's people here that have given so much and continue to give, not just in, I'm not just talking about money, I'm talking about other time, their resources. There's people that come and, and do things here that nobody sees. Why? So that people can know about Jesus Christ, they can hear about Jesus that, and we ought to all be that way. First John 3.16 says this, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? We say we got compassion, but we won't do anything for anybody. We're lying to ourselves. That is all a facade. If we truly have compassion, we're willing to, to do something about it. And one of those things is going to be some sacrifice of our life in different areas of our life. You say, Brother Jim, it's not easy. No, it ain't. But it's worth it. Because we can never forget that we were once in the ditch, half dead, stripped of everything, and and someone came and told you about Jesus Christ. I'll never forget Gene Howard. I know I have many others there that I was raised in Sunday school, knowing the gospel, but God sent him, gave me one more chance. That man's in heaven one day, I can't wait to see him again. I'm thankful he was willing to cross the road, come to where I was at, meet me right where I was at, mend to my wounds by giving me the word of God and then <clears throat> he sacrificed. I, I got to talk to him the last two years before he died. That man sacrificed a lot to do what God had called him to do. And tonight, I just want to encourage you and I. It really begs the question: What am I willing to sacrifice to help someone? To show compassion as G, as Christ did? What am I really? I mean, I, you say, Brother Jim, I want compassion. I'm telling you right now. I got so convicted over this, this afternoon. Lord's got a lot of, he's got a lot of chiseling to do on me because um, I need to be more compassionate. Real compassion. I need to do something about it. When I, when I see a need, I need to say, Lord, can I help in that area? And ask God to, help, to allow me to be used for him. Jesus put his compassion into action to save you and I. The least we can do is demonstrate that kind of compassion to someone else on this road of life. Let me, I'm going to end with this. <clears throat> Got a challenge for you tonight. I like challenges sometimes. Depends on what they are. <laughs> just a little challenge tonight. <clears throat> How about tonight we just do this? We just, we just do it this way. Say, we ask God to lead us to someone on this road of life that you can meet in their condition mend their wounds while making sacrifices all to bring them to Jesus. How about tonight we just say, Lord, would you cross my path with someone who needs you? Maybe this week, Lord, would you, would you put me in a place where I could be used to meet someone in their condition? They need the Lord to be able to give them the word of God and then continue to make some sacrifices to be able to see them grow and to reach someone else. Amen? I don't know where you're at tonight. I know it's a very simplistic message, but Lord sure spoke to my heart tonight, you know, this whole day, just studying this. <clears throat> and if we're truly going to have compassion and make a difference, we've got to be willing to do these things. It's not just going to happen. Um, so tonight... <clears throat> how about we put compassion to action and say, you know what, Lord, what do you want me to do moving forward in my church to not just look at with pity upon somebody's life but to, but to ask you, what can I do to help this person come to know you and to grow in your, in your word? <clears throat> He's got someone for each and every one of us. Many times, multiple times a week, we cross somebody's path We have no idea. That's the challenge tonight. If we could have everyone stand, heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe tonight, Lord's put someone on your mind. I don't know. I just know this, that I'm tired of just saying I have compassion, but there's no proof of it. And I'm talking to me tonight... God smote my heart as I studied this that I can talk the talk all I want, but unless I'm willing to meet people where they're at, be willing to mend their wounds with the Word of God and not be ashamed of it, I tell you, I really have no business saying any anymore. <laughs> I don't have business even preaching God's Word if I'm not willing to do something about it. I'm just saying tonight, maybe God spoke to your heart. As the music plays, as we have a time of invitation, maybe God just challenged you in your heart to say, you know what? What could I do more for you, Lord, this year? I want to have real compassion, not just say it. I want my life to exhibit that compassion as Christ did to you and me. Altars are open. Father, we come to you. Thank you, Lord, so much for the for the word of God, and Lord, I. I know you know who's up here preaching tonight, feel very inadequate, but Lord help Jim Wolfram to not just look in pity upon someone, but be willing to go out of his way to help. To Be bold enough to give him the word of God and be willing to sacrifice some time, money, effort to see him grow, come closer to you. Father, you did that for me and I sure didn't deserve it. Thank you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name.